the point is, right, the, the, the mosaic of God's family, anyone can be in God's family. None of us are qualified, but by God's grace, His grace qualifies all of us. Welcome to Tell Podcasts. You're listening to encouraging words from Pastor Darren, bringing you truth and peace through God's Word. In this episode, we talk about God's secret source, that one thing that makes His love oh so good, even though it actually isn't a secret. Think, evaluate, learn, lead. T-E-L-L. Tell. Now here's Pastor Darren encouraging us to try God's secret source. Thanks for listening. To the book of Ephesians, and now we're in chapter 3, about the middle of the book of Ephesians, and uh, here's the first section, the first 13 verses of this book, and it's deep, and it's meaningful, and it's impactful in our lives, and follow along best you can, and then we're going to unpack this in the message today. The Apostle Paul is the author of this letter to the Ephesians, this book of the Bible, and he writes beginning at verse 1 in chapter 3. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles, and now now he stops that thought, and he goes to another thought, a really long thought. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. The mystery is... That through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace, given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. There you have it, Ephesians 1. Can you fit all that in your brain and your heart this morning? That's a lot of stuff. Uh, We're going to unpack it a little bit, and I'm going to start with this. Christina has a secret recipe for the best buffalo chicken wings in the world. 
Everybody who eats Christina's buffalo chicken wings just loves them. She took them to her women's Bible study group a week ago, and she shared them with the ladies. And oh, they, that was just a rave. They couldn't stop talking about the chicken wings. There were all kinds of other dishes there. But all the ladies wanted to talk about was Christina's out-of-this-world chicken wings. And they all asked her for her recipe. She said it's a secret recipe. And then she posted it on their group page. And, and then, the, you know, they, they all, the next weekend, they, you know, they all had social engagements and, and where they went, where they needed to bring food to their social engagements, guess what food they brought to the next social engagements that they all individually went to? They brought, this, yeah, Christina's magic chicken wings because they had the, the secret recipe. And then they brought it to all their different groups and everybody in those groups, which, which dish did they like the best? They liked Christina's magic chicken wings. And, and so Christina's friends would say, oh, this is Christina's secret recipe. I'll give it to you. And then they would give the recipe. So I, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, wait a minute, you said it's a secret recipe, and so why is everybody sharing it? But isn't that true of secret recipes? Don't you agree? Secret recipes are like meant to be shared. Uh, you could go online and Google any recipe that you love from any restaurant, and they might say it's a secret recipe, but sometimes they even post it online, or others make copycat recipes. Or uh, go on YouTube, and I guarantee you, you'll find dozens of men standing by their grill, by their barbecue, and, and creating YouTube videos saying, here is the secret to the best steak. See, there are some secrets that are meant to be shared, and secret recipes is one of them. That's the vibe for Ephesians chapter 3 today, which, which talks about this mystery that Paul is explaining to the Ephesians. It's as if Paul, in, in the beginning of Ephesians chapter 3, did I say 5 just before? Ephesians chapter 3, Paul is giving a five-star rating and recommendation to God. And he's saying, there's this secret recipe that God has, and, and I just have to tell you about it. So here's what Paul says. He says, have you tried to whip up a batch of God's ingredients of, of wonderful love and mercy and faith? That this is God's secret recipe? He gave it to me, and now I'm giving you God's secret recipe. Well, sorry, the Bible doesn't say that. Uh, that's my paraphrase. Here's the real translation. That was just my paraphrase, but the real translation, Ephesians 3, verses 2 and 3, says this. Paul's writing, Surely you have heard about the administration. That's a secret strategy explaining kind of a how-to and, and, and where to, to deliver the meal. Okay, that's a strategy. Of God's grace. Grace is the secret ingredient. So... It's God's mercy and love and, and faith that believes in that, the secret ingredient of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery. That word mystery really, it just has this tone to it of secret recipe. Um, it's, it's the whole thing that's put together. That's the secret recipe, the mystery. Made known to me by revelation as I have already written briefly. That's the, that's the secret communication plan of how, how are we going to make this recipe known to others? Okay, so you see all those in, in those two verses. So quick recap. 
of those four pieces. So number one, administration is a secret strategy. Number two, grace is secret ingredients. Number three, mercy or mystery is a secret recipe. And number four, revelation is, is the secret communication plan. That's the highlight and summary. We're going to unpack all four of those this morning so we can better appreciate them. We're going to rejoice in them and celebrate. And uh, I want to start with this. I want to start with grace. My mother-in-law loves me, and I love my mother-in-law. And uh, all the way back to dating days, when, uh, when I was dating my wife, I would uh, go to her family home and uh, enjoy some of these very special uh, peanut butter-type corn syrup, uh, uh, cornflake uh, bars with chocolate on top. They're really ooey and gooey. They have the peanut butter chocolate together. Anyone recognize what I'm, that, those? In, and in their house, they, they gave them, my mother-in-law named them after me, and it was a, it's a nickname, and it's a long story. I'm not going to tell you the, the long story of my nickname, but, but these bars were called Billy Bars. They still are to this day. Her family says, who's bringing the Billy Bars, even though I'm long gone, have, and this, they're still called Billy Bars. So if you eat those bars, I would suggest that in your house you call those Billy Bars. Um, kids, question for you. Kids, how many of you are paying attention? Raise your hand if you're listening. Kids, raise your hand if you're listening. Good. All right, question. Here's a question. Do you in your house, in your family, is there something that your mom or your dad makes, or maybe even you kids make it? Something special. It's like a special recipe in your family, and they have a, your family has a name for it. Maybe it's mom's special coleslaw or potato salad, or it's a dessert it's cookies or a cake or a pie or something or something on the grill. Something. Do you have something in your house that has a special name to it and your family knows this name? If you do, when you eat that, let me ask you this. You're enjoying this special thing. Who bought the ingredients? Kids, did you buy the ingredients? I would get, even if you make it, Mom and dad bought the ingredients. Mom goes to the store, picks up the ingredients, and she brings it back. See, so it's a gift to you. This is your favorite food. Your family has a name for it, and it's a gift to you. That is what Paul is talking about when he says, talks about grace. Grace is the ingredient of God's secret recipe. We don't buy it. We don't farm it. We don't plant it. We don't harvest it. We don't, we don't cut it. We don't slice it. We don't saute it. God gives this to us in his recipe. So listen to this. Paul writes, the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power in verse 2. And then he goes on verses 7 and 8 to say, although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me. So God's secret recipe is a gift. And Paul says, it's an undeserved gift. It's grace. Paul says that he and the Ephesians, you and I, we don't deserve this, this ingredient, this secret recipe, this gift of God's grace. As a matter of fact, Paul says we're not even qualified. We're, we're actually less than qualified. 
And what, what that means is that we actually think we're more qualified than we really are. So I, I think that I'm qualified to have some kind of recipe that's really good for my life by, by, by ingesting and consuming ingredients that actually are not very good for me at all. Uh, in the health world, you know, that could be things like aspartame, you know, and diet soda. Very bad now. Stay away from that stuff. But spiritually speaking, we take in ingredients which we think are going to give us the life that only God can give us. And so we're, we think that qualifies us, and it really doesn't. It actually unqualifies, disqualifies us. We're less than qualified to receive this gift of God's grace in his secret recipe for us. As a matter of fact, the reason it's called, soon later, it's called a mystery, and we refer to it as a secret, is that we don't even know this gift of God's grace. We don't know that by nature, by human instinct. We, we don't know it. We can't come up with it. We, we don't know it exists. But when it is told to us, when it's given to us in this secret recipe, it, it changes our lives. It, it totally, it make, it t- we take a U-turn and we see God for who he is and we love him and it makes all the difference in the world. And we say, according to Psalm 34, verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Kids, another question. Are you still with me? Raise your hand. Kids, if you're still with me, raise your hand. Are you in preschool, elementary school, middle school? Then raise your hand. Half of you are with me. Okay, this is dwindling. Um... Kids, you go to a friend's house. You and your friend are walking through the kitchen together, walking through the kitchen. And and on, on the island in the kitchen, there's this freshly made cake that your friend's mom made, and there's icing, wonderful, beautiful frosting, icing on this cake. And your friend walks by, your friend is closer to the cake, and your friend walks by and swipes their finger in the cake frosting. Do you do that at your friend's house? I wouldn't think so. So your, your friend's mom says, hey now, but she's not really angry. You know, she's, she's just kind of like, I saw that, but it's okay because you're part of the family. If you were to do it, she'd probably say, fingers off the cake. But she let your friend do it because your friend's part of the family. Your friend's her child. All right, so your friend's a special person. That, that talks about the, the administration of, the seek, of God's secret recipe. The administration is, is uh, who, who gets it and how is it dispensed? Okay, that's the administration. Who gets so? So the question is, who can eat God's secret recipe? Who, who can receive it? Another way to ask is who's part of God's family? Who is God's family that if they, they come by and they, they take a little swipe of that frosting on God's cake, God doesn't uh, um, throw lightning bolts at them and, and kick them out of his family, kick them out of the house, but he says, hey now, with a little smile and an appreciation, he's just glad that you love his cake. Who is that? Who's in his family? Paul writes, Ephesians 3 verse 6, here's the Here's the administration of the secret recipe. It's it's the secret strategy. The Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together 
in the promise in Christ Jesus. See the three togethers there? This, this verse is really emphasizing something, isn't it? That, that Jew and Gentile, uh, that Old Testament believer, and then the New Testament believers who don't have Jewness in their blood, can, can both swipe their finger in God's cake and he's okay with it because they're in his family. Can both take and partake of the secret recipe. Even Jesus, it says this promise is in Christ Jesus. So this is true only because of Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Was Jesus a purebred Jew? He was not a purebred Jew. Jesus had foreign DNA in his blood. You know how he got it? Through a lady in the Old Testament and her name? was Ruth. All right, Ruth. Ruth is an ancestress of Jesus. She was a Moabite who lost her husband and ended up in Bethlehem with her mother-in-law, Naomi. And Ruth, a Moabite, a foreigner, a non-Jew, went and met this, this fine gentleman from Bethlehem named Boaz, and Boaz and Ruth got married and had children, and they had children, 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 children through, through David. David was a descendant, and then eventually Joseph married, and Mary had Jesus, and Jesus had non-Jewish DNA in his blood that he shed on the cross so that God could say, huh, anyone can be in my family. You don't need to be a Jew to be in my family. Even Jesus wasn't, wasn't a purebred. Anyone can get into the family. Anyone. You don't have to be a certain class of people. You don't have to be a certain race or ethnic group of people. You don't have to have certain color of hair or color of eyes. You don't have to live in a certain zip code. You don't have to give a certain amount to church. You may even be new to church altogether. You may have tattoos and piercings. You may not have any hair. You may have a long beard. <laughs> the point is, right, the, the, the mosaic of God's family. Anyone can be in God's family. We don't bring qualifications to the table and God says, oh, it's you, I'm letting you in. None of us are qualified, but by God's grace, his grace qualifies all of us to be in God's family. Everybody's in. Uh, welcome to the family. So uh, that's, that's the big secret. The big secret is that in Christ, Jew and Gentile, everyone is, can be in God's family. He reaches out to all of us. Now, it uses, the Bible uses the term mystery, and this really describes um, the, the, really the whole secret recipe itself. Who is in it, how it works, um, uh, where, we, where we come from. And, and what I want to say here about the mystery is, is really important because the mystery is that God decides that all people are in his family. By faith, anyone can be in his family. Listen to this. 
You and I do not get to decide who's in God's family. We like to decide who gets to be in God's family. And I'm telling you, you and I do not get to decide who is in God's family. Here's how that practically comes out. Um, I talked to a lot of people about their faith and about religion, about, about Jesus. And this is very common for people to say, well, I, I believe in Jesus as my Savior, and uh, I'm a good church person, and, and I'm so glad all these other good church people are around me, but... They're not in, and they're not in, and they're not in, and those people out there aren't in, and Hitler, he could never be in, and that person could never be in, and how could that person, they're not in. Oh, really? Then how did you get in? See, so we, we like to be in God's family as a believer, and then we like to say, well, I, I, but, but convicted criminals? Mm-hmm. Corrupt politicians? Mm-hmm. Cranky boss at work? <laughs> Hope not. But how can that be if you're in? If I'm in? Less than the least of all the Lord's people, Paul says. I am less than the least. The only reason we're in is by God's grace. Now, here's the other side of that, and I hear this too. A person, again, says, I'm in. I'm in God's family. By God's grace, I am less than the least. By God's grace, I am in. And I'm, I'm so glad that all those other people out there who have never heard of Jesus, even though he's my exclusive only Savior, those people who have never heard of Jesus and reject him and don't believe in him, yeah, they're in too. No, they're not. doesn't matter what their skin color is, if they have tattoos or not, if her hair on their head or not, it's, it, none of that matters. What matters is that if they are not believing in the Jesus you're believing in, the true Jesus, true Savior of the world, they're not in the family. God wants them to be in the family. He invites them to be in the family. See, you and I don't get to choose. You and I do not get to choose. It's God's family. And that's so good that it's God's family because if I got to choose, I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose well. But God gets to choose and his, his choice is perfect and it starts with this. He wants everyone in his family. So believe in him as your heavenly father. Believe in, in Jesus, his son and our savior. And no matter who you are, welcome to the family. You're in. Uh, Paul, Paul takes this beyond, and just, he writes about this in Romans 16, so I just have to share these two verses, 25 and 26 in Romans 16, and Paul writes this, now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, we're going to talk about that in a second, Paul says my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. See how Paul wants everyone in, and God invites everyone in, and how? It's, it's by the gospel. And Paul, even, Paul calls it my gospel. Wait a minute. That's, remember I said that, that grace is, is an ingredient of the secret recipe, but we don't come up with it, we don't buy it, we don't make it? So how can Paul say, this is, this is my gospel? Well, he owns it, but that doesn't mean he created it. 
The gospel of, of God is the good news of forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ, his son and our savior. That's the gospel. And Paul says, that's mine. He didn't create it, but he claims it. He consumes it. He's committed to it. It is who he is. It's his identity. The gospel is Paul. So he says, this, this is mine, but he doesn't, he doesn't keep it by himself either. He shares it. When you share a secret recipe, at some point, you need to, it needs to be a message, it needs to be a written or a printed or a verbalized over the phone, hey, use three eggs, four cups of sugar, lots of buffalo sauce. Uh, At some point, you need to speak or talk or write or proclaim, reveal the recipe. You can't just show a picture or a person eats it and you say, oh yeah, that's a secret recipe. You should, you should make it for yourself sometime. See? So Paul is saying this gospel, the, I share it not just by living, not just by being a model, a Christian, but I share it by, by revealing, by talking or by writing. And, and that's the point about the revelation of the secret recipe. When it's revealed, it's not just a picture of it, it's not just eating it. The recipe itself is printed or spoken, given to a person. So Paul says, this was first given to me, says in verse three, the mystery made known to me by revelation. He says, I didn't come up with this myself. God's secret recipe is God's, he gives it to me. I didn't come up with it myself, God gave it to me. And then he says in verse one, he calls himself the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. So, you may know Paul's background. Paul was an enemy agent, an enemy of God and of Christianity in the early centuries of the early Christian church. Paul, whose name before was Saul, was a murderer. He, pers- he hunted down and he persecuted Christians because they believed in Jesus Christ as their savior and they were proclaiming it to others. And he, put, he tried to put a stop to that. He was God's enemy number one. And God said, I want him on my team. And God knocked him off his horse and converted him. And then um, by direct revelation and some indirect, so, but, but, but mostly by direct revelation from God, Jesus appeared to Saul and and told him all about the gospel, all about eternal life. And based on that, Paul then became a missionary. Um, He met with other apostles, Peter and and James. He met with others. But the point is, he didn't make it up. It was given to him, verbally given to him. And then he, he verbally and in writing gave it to others. But I love what he says here when he calls himself the prisoner of Christ Jesus. That's where he is right when he's writing this letter. It's a captivity letter. He's writing it from, from prison. Who put Paul in prison because he was telling people about Jesus? He got his own treatment right. He used to put people in prison, and now he's in prison. Who put him in prison? The Roman Empire put him in prison. Why doesn't he say, I'm the prisoner of the Roman Empire? But he says, I'm a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Did Christ Jesus put Paul in prison? Well, not directly. He could have prevented it, but he didn't. Because he was involved. 
See, God, way back when, when, Paul, when Saul became Paul, God captured him for God's team. And Paul never got tired of being captured for Christ. Whether he was behind bars or not, here he's behind bars. And now here he says, I'm Christ Jesus prisoner. He doesn't say, I'm that evil Roman Empire's prisoner and there's nothing I can do about it or and, and grouse and, and full of fear and, and anxiety. He said, I'm Christ Jesus prisoner and I'm not worried a lick about it because I'm Christ Jesus prisoner. Take an inventory of what imprisons you in your life and declare that it, it doesn't imprison you really. You're just letting it imprison you. And then when Christ Jesus imprisons you, you are so free. You are so full of courage to live your life because you, are, you belong to Christ Jesus. Nothing else can imprison or control you. Even sin, even guilt, even shame, even death. Christ has conquered it all. So I am Christ Jesus prisoner. Uh, and then share it. Do you know that more than half, the majority of people who don't go to church say they would go to church if someone who goes to church invited them? It's, it's not that difficult. It, we, we showed that video before of the guy trying to invite this, this girl to church. It, it's not that difficult. They would go if someone invited them. I believe sometimes we say that we're walking the talk. Paul is saying, you got to talk the walk. At some point, we need to speak or write or say and tell people the gospel, reveal. That's part of God's communication plan. Reveal it to them. Invite them to church. Tell them about Jesus. I can't just always just be a model and living, and living my life. They'll see that, but my lips need to move or my hand needs to write, and I need to reveal to them their secret recipe and invite them to try it. Paul says there's someone, there's this group that is excited for you. They are excited with you, and wait till you hear who this group is, and he writes about it. Here's the answer right here in verse 10. It's, it's, like, it's like they're writing this review. They have this five-star rating, this recommendation. Paul says, God's intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Pause. Who are the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms? Those are terms used elsewhere in Scripture for angels. All right, so this, this is angels, and God has this intent that, that something is made known to them. What's made known to them? The mystery. The manifold wisdom of God in this mystery is, is unfolded in front of the angels who are watching. They're in heaven watching the gospel be proclaimed, watching the gospel win souls. And, and through whom does it happen? Who does it? What does it say? Verse 10. Through the church. Who's that? You. Angels in heaven are cheering and they're excited 
for you that you believe the gospel and, and especially now God's mystery, the secret recipe, you're sharing the secret recipe. You're sharing the gospel. Our church is sharing the gospel and it's like we're on Chopped. And we have this, this special recipe that we love to make and we're in front of the three chopped judges on this Food Network show. You know, you have to appear and you're competing with the other chefs and, and you're nervous and you present your dish and they talk about it and then everybody's kind of shaking and trembling and am I going to get chopped? Are they going to cut me off the show? And, uh, and, and, the, and the chefs are angels and they try a recipe and they get up and they give each other high fives and they praise God and they say, this is the best recipe we've ever had. That's what's happening in heaven right now. When we're sharing the gospel, praising God for the gospel, living the gospel, it's being made known and unfolded and and unveiled to angels in the heavenly realms through the church. Hallelujah chorus and the upper chambers of heaven. That's exciting. It's said that you are the only Bible that some people will ever read. By observing you, they, they, they don't know Jesus, they haven't read the Bible, maybe heard some stories, but they don't know the Bible, they don't know Jesus, but they know you, and they watch you. Isn't that an interesting statement? You are the only Bible that, that some people will ever read. So, this week, will you cross paths with a person who doesn't know or believe in Jesus? Will you encounter a person whose faith is weak or troubled or misguided? Are there people in your circles who are looking for a loving, life-changing church family? Let the angels in heaven cheer this week As you go to those people and you say, do you want to know a secret? Amen. Let's pray. God, this secret, it's it's secret not because you want to keep it from us, but because we could never, ever imagine this or come up with it on our own but you do, and the secret is so wonderful. It's full of your grace, your forgiveness, your mercy, and your son, Jesus Christ. It's full of a strategy and a communication plan that that you reveal it to us in a very clear way in the scriptures. Now, you don't leave us guessing that we get to enjoy the secret recipe full of life and hope and peace and joy. And that we have the honor and privilege of sharing it with others. Oh God, in our worship today, we praise you for your grace and for for this mystery that is unfolding before our eyes and before the angels themselves. We pray that the people in our paths that that you have put there, that you bring us in contact with, that, that we can share this secret with them too. It's not meant to be kept, it's meant to be shared. And that when we do, They will love it. They'll be in awe. They'll rejoice in you and and they'll believe in Jesus also. This is our prayer even as the Apostle Paul prayed it in Ephesians chapter 3. Amen. 
Thanks again for listening to Tell Podcasts. Tell's mission is simple, teaching you the real gospel so you can teach others. Remember, truth brings peace. For more about Tell, visit us on Facebook or at tellnetwork.org.